When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. A story that dropped on Saturday morning, and um, it was a shock to, to many people, and I know Liverpool fans mm. uh, in general were very shocked to hear that their beloved manager, Jurgen Klopp, uh, announced he was going to step down at the end of this season. And uh, perhaps not a shock for the fact that uh, managers do burn out nowadays, uh, Izzy, and the, in the, the lifespan of a manager in the Premier League is pretty short. Probably more of a surprise for the fact that Liverpool are doing so well. They're, they're leading the league, uh, and midway through mm. the season, you just wonder if this might cause a, a little bit of disruption. And uh, our next guest, who uh, I couldn't think of a better man to come on and talk about it. It's a former Liverpool goalkeeper, Chris Pyle, and he's uh, one of the one of the best goalkeeper coaches going around in New Zealand right now. And an ardent Liverpool fan, Chris, uh, welcome in. And I was going to say probably a little bit sombre over the weekend, Jurgen Klopp leaving Liverpool, but you can be consoled with a 5-2 win against Norwich in the FA Cup this morning, mate. Welcome in. Morning, guys. Yeah, no, I was watching that game. Um, so, yeah, no, it was a good, good result. But, uh, yeah, look, it was a shock. Um, for us, um, shall we say, um, olding people, we can remember the day when Bill Shankly did the same thing. And um, it was just a massive shock to everybody. Um, in those days, the boot room was around, and, and obviously um, they say, what are we going to do without Shankly? And, of course, the next thing is they brought uh, Paisley in, who was the most successful English manager ever to live. So it is really, really sad. It's an end of an era. But I can relate to, uh, to, to um, Klopp leaving, obviously not in the same breath, but I, I've been goalkeeping coaching for over 20 years. And, you, you know, keeping a full-time job down, doing training three, four nights a week, games on Saturday and Sunday, you just get to a point where you're burnt out. And I think what he's done um, takes, um, you know, some gust to do it because he could have quite happily kept his million pounds of a month coming into his bank account, but he says, no, that's not me. Mm. Um, I'm done, and it's time for somebody else. Yeah, well, as he mentioned that uh, earlier as well, when you look at you know the, the Arsene Wengers and the, the Fergies who had those jobs locked in for as long as they wanted them, and Jürgen probably was the same. He probably could have stayed there for as long as he wanted to. But you're right, prioritising perhaps the team and, and his own well-being first and, and stepping down. Um, I also think it's interesting, Chris, and uh, probably a testament to uh, the kind of manager that Jürgen Klopp is. In a, in a day and age where Premier League managers come and go so quickly, I looked it up, and he is uh, the fourth longest tenured Premier League coach after David Moyes at Everton, uh, Fergie at Man U and Arsene Wenger at Arsenal, of course. I mean, that's pretty remarkable, uh, you know, for, for when you look back on it. Uh, he came in in 2015. It's pretty remarkable to say that Jurgen Klopp is one of the one of the most tenured Premier League coaches in history. Yeah, totally. And, and I think uh, the, the, the credit that obviously Jurgen should take away with, he doesn't buy superstars. He makes superstars. And if you go through the 
the net spend of Liverpool compared to your Man Cities, compared to your Chelsea's, they're just nowhere near. Um, you know, Robertson, who, who's heard of Andy Robertson uh, from Hull? Hull City, where are they? Bought him for £8 million. He's now one of the most attacking fullbacks in, in global football. Um, Trent Alexander-Arnold, he's got to a point where, yes, he's probably one of the defensive that does have issues, but one of the most attacking right-backs in the world. He's now found another role, um, a hybrid role, as they now call it, inventing places, you know, in the football field. And I think that's what, obviously, you know, he's got a good spine with Alisson and Becker and Salah and all stuff like that. But that's what I think Jürgen can see. And, and as people see and say that what you see with Jürgen is what you get, at the end of the game, um, he's round-hugging everybody, he's applauding the crowd, he's, he's high-fiving everybody, he's fist-bumps to the cop. And, and that's what it's all about. Modern-day footballers, they can all play. But what you're working with them is the top six inches. And I think that's what Jürgen's going to be missed. There's been a lot made of Jürgen Klopp's understanding the Liverpool culture, the way of life, the fans, the city. Are you able to give us an idea of what sorts of things people are talking about and perhaps why other managers weren't successful? Yeah, well, I mean, if you if you live in Liverpool and, and um, it, it's a working class town, um, it's it's not uh, white collar. Um, you know, they do have some um, you know nice parts, but basically he can relate. Uh, you see so many things on Facebook of him in the local pubs, going in asking for 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 dinners, for food, talk you know talking into somebody. Oh, how you going? My, I'm Jurgen, and you, you know everyone knows who he is. But he's introducing himself. Um, you know there was. You know, there is one thing where he wants, what's, what's this sport, bowls? And next minute he's at the local bowling club learning um, <laughs> lawn bowls. And I think when you take on a community like that, you know, that's basically where you're not living in your ivory tower and you, you go to your training ground and then you're off to your ivory tower then you go to your, the, the match and then, you know, you're never seen. He's been seen walking up and down the street, him and his wife, um, who, who um, her name... Um, I forget his, her name at the moment in time, but she had a lot to do with um, with Liverpool and insisted that he went to Liverpool in the first place, not Man United. And then when his contract was up, which was only about 18 months ago, she insisted he signed again. So, mm. you know, th- these are things, it's massive um, things for the family to obviously uh, to buy in, the wife to buy in, the children to buy in, the family to buy in. Because if you don't have that, grumpy wife, um, we all know the same boys have to buy happy life. <laughs> yeah. Well, I want to I want to split this uh, one into into two parts for you, Chris. Just what Jurgen bought um, to both Liverpool and the Premier League um, from a tactical point of view and a playing style point of view, but also just from personality point of view. So starting with the personality, and and uh, one of my favourite stories um, of Jurgen Klopp goes back to 2018, where uh, Maurizio Sarri, the uh, the Chelsea manager at the time, uh, it was a game between Chelsea and Liverpool. I think Chelsea were up one nil, uh, and there was a couple minutes to play. And he tells the story after the match. He said, "I looked over at Jurgen Klopp, and he was smiling." And I said to him, why are you smiling? And he said to me, aren't you having fun? And this is his team's trailing yep. 1-0 with five minutes to go. Then they go and score the equaliser. It's 1-0. And Maurizio Sarri says, I genuinely believe even if we had, even if Liverpool had lost that game, he still would have been smiling and he would have came over to me and given me a shake and a hug and everything. And that, to me, sort of embodies Jurgen Klopp. Yes, there's the titles. There's the Premier League, the Champions League that he's delivered. But more so, he's brought just an energy to football in the Premier League, hasn't he? Totally. And that, that's the way, I mean, 
all these guys, they, they wake up one day and they want to be footballers and then they play football and, and then obviously they go into management. But you also forget the reason why you play the game in the first place is to have fun. That's what got you into the sport. You're seeing that at the moment with the England cricket team with badball. It's all about having fun. <laughs> and, you know, yes, they are highly paid and, and it does bring a lot of pressures with them. But if you can just have fun and do what you did when you were five and six and seven and, and grew into the sport... That's what it's all about. And that's exactly what Jürgen's brought into the club, is having fun. Yes, he can be yes. angry. Yes, we've seen him blow up at the referees and the coaches and, and everything that, that goes. But to go out there, have fun and get paid for it must be one of the most you know, enjoyable things in life. And, and just... Yeah, well. Oh, sorry. Sorry. I was just going to say. Sorry. I was just going to say. Yeah, the, the the joy factor is what a lot of people talk about. But just, I guess, from your point of view as a as someone who studies the game a lot closer than us, you know, a, a coaching mind, uh, Chris, what has he bought tactically to not only Liverpool but really the Premier League? It feels like he was a bit of an innovator the way he came in and just played that high octane, high pressing style of football. He needed the personnel to do it. But how how do you think Jurgen Klopp has changed the Premier League? What's his legacy going to be from a tech coaching point of view? Well, I mean, where'd you start? First of all, you start with a goalkeeper, which is obviously my position. Now, my, my role is to, is to coach people to save, move, the, you know, catch the ball, blah, blah, blah. But uh, he's brought in that goalkeepers have to play with the ball. So in other words, they have to use their feet. One of main use their feet. They're knocking passes like 10 years ago, a centre midfield would have been proud of. These are now goalkeepers. Then he's also brought into, you know, the attacking fullbacks. Fullbacks with defenders, they were, they used to say it was the easiest job on the pitch because you can, you know, you're only looking at one side. You're looking in field. You're not looking um, to the other side because obviously it's it's out of play. And and uh, so he's got fullbacks bombing up and down. And then of course the the best um, defence is form of attack. Now obviously um, if teams are going to mirror that. What you do is, is you basically get your attackers that basically, once the ball is touched from the goalkeeper, they just close down as a pack and they look for the weakest link. And it's like a tiger looking for food. They look for the weakest link and they all um, sort of close down that player. And be it they win the ball back or be it he plays a, a ball out of play and then you've got possession. It's just so much of what he's changed the game of um, yes, on paper they still line up four four two or four three three, but the the way the players have changed and what he looks for players, um, players don't play ninety minutes now. If you watch um, with Jurgen, they play they kick off, they play sixty minutes, they get substituted, the substitute comes on and plays the final thirty minutes plus injury time, and then starts the game the following week and does the same. So they're playing ninety minutes over two weeks. Again, it's it's just man management because the egos you have with those players i'm not being substituted i don't sit on the bench you have to look after all that and that's some of the the problems some of the um younger managers have in the premier league is dealing with the players egos and klopp's the first to admit he wasn't the best player he didn't win a lot himself but still the trust of the players the trust of the fans the trust of the club to bring a coach in like that and obviously, what you know, legacy is going to leave. I think the question now for Liverpool supporters and, and fans is always a transitional period when you go from a, a coach that's been successful. So, what does this mean to the club from a, 
uh, a roster point of view? How many players are tied to Jurgen Klopp? I think I think that's not the point. Uh, the, the, the the thing is, and this is where I actually uh, understand and respect where he's come from. Mm. That the planning that goes into the clubs is just amazing. How many people are off contract? How many people are not performing? How many people do we need to look for? And and he can't go to the end of the season, be at the end of May or June, if we if we get into the uh, Europa final. He can't then turn around and say, oh, by the way, P.S. There's my resignation. I'll see you. See you. Thanks very much. What he's done is by letting everybody know that he's leaving, the next person they can appoint. Now, it probably won't be official or it won't be out there who, who the next person's going to be, but it means that that person can plan of what players he needs. He'll see the roster, the squad that he needs. He will know the holes he's got to fill. And that person could have four to six, you know, four to five months to work on instead of four to five weeks as if, if Jürgen left in, in May, June to, to start pre-season. So um, there's obviously names being banded around. I mean, there's, you know, everybody, uh, as soon as the manager gets sacked, so many names just come out the, the, the blue. The press obviously want to fill newspapers and stories and one thing or another. But I think um, Liverpool will have a few shortlisted players. Um, Alonso, I think a former Liverpool player, um, is coaching in Germany at the moment. He, he's sort of on top of the list. But, um, I mean, everybody that um, has been a coach or comes out, um, they'll be looking to put their names down. But it's going to be a change because there's only one Jurgen Klopp. And I thought myself personally, when I've heard the news, I thought, right, let's do the old days of the boot room of, 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 um, of promote within. Mm. But unfortunately, um, so are the assistants. So they're, they're going as well. They're going off to um, pastures new and starting their own first-team coaching careers. Uh, Pep Linders, who's the number two, um, he, he's had a crack at a first-team coach and didn't work, came back into the academy, then obviously got back into the first-team uh, set-up and, and is doing really well. And I thought, well, he could be perhaps the one to take it on, but now he wants to try um, first-team coaching somewhere else. Stephen Gerrard, obviously, he's, he's been given a mention um, as a natural uh, successor, but um, again, he didn't do really well at Villa. So it'll be interesting. And um, let's be honest, when, when Jürgen was appointed, it was, who's Jürgen Klopp? Mm. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he you said he is irreplaceable, and he really is, Chris. I think Liverpool fans, probably there's probably a temper of expectation that whoever comes in isn't going to be Jürgen Klopp. Like, sure, they might be able to continue uh, the success, but they're not going to be uh, they're not going to be a Jürgen Klopp because there is only one Jürgen Klopp. Where he won't, he doesn't have the, I guess, the statistics um, when you compare him to, you know, a Fergie and, and to an extent a Pep Guardiola, when you're talking about titles and 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 that sort of thing. But where does he rank for you? Or where will he rank for you in terms of both uh, Premier League greats as manager and and Liverpool greats as well? Obviously, with 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 one eye. I mean, the the, the best Liverpool manager you've got to turn around and say it's Bob Paisley. I mean, he's um, the most successful in English manager in football. Uh, obviously, I'm going pre Premier League. I think. You could have this conversation with me in six or seven months' time when Man City have been had all their court cases brought to uh, to uh, to light. Um, you know, you, you can also go back and say, well, Ferguson never won the league with 90 points. He never scored hit 90 points once. Mm. So there's all these different arguments of who's doing what. Um, 
I, I think he's got to be up there. You can't say he is number one because obviously he's won one Premier League and he's won you know one FA Cup, one League Cup, uh, one Champions League, and so on and so forth. But he's won in in nine years. Started off with a team in in twelfth place, I think. Uh, finished up eighth in the end of their first season. An average team. And, you know, sort of bought players, yes. Um, Coutinho, the sale to, uh, uh, to, of Coutinho to Barcelona, that changed the club because that gave him £180 million to spend, of which he went out and bought um, Alton Becker and Van Dijk and, um, you know, boosted the squad. So his, his buying and selling, his net trading is just absolutely second to none. Yes, he, he probably doesn't write the checks out himself, but there's scouting to employ the scouts, to know what the scouts want, to know what he wants. He will go in and say, I want to have a look at this player or I need a player to do this job. And I think that's what Jürgen's going to be remembered for. As I said at the start, he doesn't sign superstars, he makes superstars. Mm. Um, so, yeah, he's certainly going down as a legacy as, as one of the, the top coaches. Right, just before we let you go, Chris, and, uh, and all those Manchester United and, uh, and Tottenham Hotspurs fans can tune back in now because we're going to stop talking about Liverpool. Uh, the Phoenix, <laughs> just before we let you go, mate, the Phoenix <laughs> flying high, top of the A-League, yeah. uh, rear, rear yeah. territory for them, but there are their eight wins uh, from their 14 matches sitting alone on the top on 28 points uh, in front of Melbourne Victory, mate. What are you making of uh, of the Knicks and in, uh, in the 2023-24 season? Look, I think it's outstanding. Um, what, what we, I'm fortunate the company I work for, Gazley Motor Group, we're, we're sponsors of, of the Knicks. Um, so we see a lot of the boys. I'm, I'm talking with Rufer and, and uh, a few of the boys, uh, you know, Costa Barbarossa's all the time. And, and they just say that the energy that's being brought into the club with the new coach and, and one thing and another, um, what I, from an outsider looking in on the, on the coaching side and the A-League, I think obviously the money's not been there this season for a lot of the other clubs to go out and buy massive marquee players, Premier League players and such like that. And I think it's such a level playing field this season. Mm. I think what the Knicks have and, and have had for many, many years, which has probably gone unspoken, is the academy. Greenacre and, and the boys down there doing the academy, they're just finding so many, so much talent and working with them. Um, I, I was on commentary with um, Central Coast Marion this about five years ago. And they were bottom dead last of the league. And they said, Chris, what do we do? Where do we go from here? And I actually said, well, you know, why don't you look in uh, and why doesn't the club, I wasn't talking to the club, but I was commentating for the club and saying, well, why don't they look at investing into the youth and investing into the academies? And I think, well, about two or three years later, they won the league. Mm. So it does work, um, the investment into the players. You know, we'd all like checkbooks like Man City and Chelsea to go out and buy players. But... Um, you know, the identification for the kids in Wellington now is, I want to play for the Phoenix. And if you're good enough, you can. Yeah, and that success um, brings success, doesn't it? Chris, if, if young players are seeing 100%. the Phoenix flying high, top of the A-League, they, they want to play for them even more. Uh, mate, really appreciate you coming on, as always, uh, sharing your thoughts about uh, Jurgen Klopp and a little bit about the Phoenix as well. For your sake, I hope that uh, Jurgen goes out with a bang, with, a, with another Premier League title. That would just be fantastic. Thanks heaps for joining us again, mate. Bye. No problem Cheers, at all. Bud. Thanks, guys. Cheers.